Oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a special guest on my show. He's an Emmy-nominated actor for his film. It was your film, uh, right? Web series. Yeah. Web series, sorry. Yeah. Web series. This Edinburgh free role is mine, not yours. He's a writer, producer, director, and a comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Melvin Jackson Jr. Thank you for having me, man. Man, thank you for coming, man. I truly appreciate your work and you just coming to my show, man. I truly appreciate it, man. So, uh, you know, basically what I wanted, the information I'm looking to get out of you is, you know, how you got your start. And you now, I'm sure once you started, you grew into a writer, producer, director, and stuff like that. But, you know, what was your first love that wanted you to be in entertainment? Well, music was my first love. I, um, I started managing artists when I was about 18, and um, I took that to the point to where... Oh, man, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was just like, you know, I, I wanted people to to be able to live out their dreams. So it was important for me to help, you know, manage their careers and get them in front of the right people. And so that's when my first love was music and, you know, just spearheading their careers, man, because... Um, I just love this business, mm-hmm. and as a young kid, I was able to really, you know, make some some um, some leeways in, mm-hmm. in, in aspects of what people my age wasn't able to do, and mm-hmm. so that was my first love, and then that led into, you know, other things after that. Mm-hmm. So, what made you stop managing and then kind of move forward to the next thing? Well, I was also modeling as well, and so this agency that I was with had me audition for a PSA. And um, never acted before, and so I ended up going in and auditioning, booking the role, and so from that point on, I was like, "This is something I want to do." I never stopped a model. I, mean, I never stopped um, managing artists. It was until I felt like I just had to let it go when I felt like I was making more money as an actor than I was as a manager, and you know, I felt like I was hitting a wall, and so I therefore stopped, you know, kind of really full time, you know, uh, managing artists and just really focusing on my career. So I started managing my my own career. Mm. Yeah, I find that happens a lot, man, because my first love was music, as you can see. <laughs> you know, I actually still do music as well, but when I came to California chasing a music dream, I fell into acting, and that started paying the bills, so I kind of started putting music to the side because it wasn't paying as much, you right. know what I'm saying? So I can see how, you know, finances will kind of make you think, damn, this is working for me, let me push this, even because it's still heading in the same direction Absolutely. of entertainment, Absolutely. you know, so, so I, feel, I feel you on that. Now, um, so you, do you dabble in music at all? Like, do you write music or perform music at all? Or you just solely focus on acting? <laughs> nah, yeah, I mean, I, I won't say that I'm a rapper. I say I'm an entertainer. So, like, what I do, have done, I performed, you know, um, songs that I've written, you know, hip-hop songs. And I work, want to work, I want to do an album. Like, I just want to do one album and kind of, you know, fulfill fill my goal that I always want to do is one album, one hip-hop album. And, and be done. Like I'm not trying to pursue a career as, a, as an artist, but just kind of put out good music, have fun with it, perform, and, and just you know just live life. And I mean, I just think that for me, it's important to fulfill the goals that you have, the things that you want to do, your bucket list, so to say. But just really have fun with it. And I think that music has always been a part of my life. Um, you know, I listen to music when I'm doing you know dishes, chores. It just it just it, it, it's in you. Yeah, it's in me. You know, and it's therapeutic as well. So mm-hmm. I'm always listening to music. And so I, I want to be able to make good music and just say have something with substance, but also have something that people can party to and just, you know, have fun to. Right, right, right. No, that's what's up, man. I'm, 
and I would love to help you with that, you know what I mean? Because I actually have some projects coming out. I just got some crazy beats from my producer, okay. so yeah. I'm going to definitely let you hear some, and then uh, we'll see if we can work on that level. Cool. So um, talk to me about this this Emmy nomination, man. I know that's got to feel wonderful, yeah. man. So for, well, before the Emmy nomination, how did you come up with this web series? Um, I came up with this web series just from the fact that, you know, I've auditioned for the Eddie Murphy role before for another project. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so it was always this thing where people were like, you look like Eddie Murphy, you, you know, all these, these, you know, um, re resemblance um, comments that were being made. And just for me, I just never wanted to write off someone's coattail in a sense, but I just thought it would be a funny twist to say, hey, what if I got a chance to audition for Eddie Murphy, I mean, for Eddie Murphy role in this biopic? Um, but then I took out my competition to make sure that I get the role because you know how it is and in Hollywood you're competing yeah, yeah. against so Everybody. many people yeah, so yeah. I just came up with the idea and wrote it out had sat on it for like two years and then I brought it to my wife and had her look at it and then we started re re revising it to get it even tighter and better and I said let's let's shoot, let's shoot it because I want to present this as a um, consideration for Emmy and then it kind of went from there people involved believed in me and you know we, we made it happen and um after it was shot, I put it out there, started campaigning, and then months later, got the found out I was nominated for it, and it was just a, a true, true honor because you know, as a, in this business, you want to be able to be recognized for something that you created, mm -hmm. produ wrote, produced, and, and saw through. And so for me, it was bigger than just the Emmy nomination. It was the simple fact that my work, I'm being recognized as an actor for something that I wrote and produced, and that is huge. That is that is something that. Just not a, as an actor you appreciate, but as a creator you appreciate it. Mm -hmm. That's 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 great, bro. I love the fact that you you had the opportunity to book a Eddie Murphy role, didn't get it, and decided to take matters into your own hands right. and create your own destiny for that same path that you were trying to take initially. And that's that's awesome, man. I'm all about you. recreating yourself and still heading in the same direction and taking matters into your own hands with the right resources, of course. So I commend you on that. That's dope. So now, how did the process go to even get nominated for an Emmy? You know, because you was explaining to me you had to chop it up. Well, explain it, you know, the Emmy. Uh, so so the process is for the, to be considered for Emmy um, for the web series plus short form category, you have to have six episodes, at least six episodes, 15 minutes or less. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do that, put it, you know, chop the um, project up into six episodes, then submit it. Then you, the, the the committee will look at it, make sure that you know it's up to to cr the criteria, and then you're considered. Now you consider. Now you have to campaign mm. so that people know that you're being considered for an Emmy. And so what that pretty much is is you, you know your name is when you go to vote, your name is up there um, for people to vote for you to be nominated. So it took you know my category is maybe 25 50 I think it was like 50 people 25 people in my category like 19 actually mm -hmm. um, and so out of the 19 I, it, it was um, trimmed trim down to 5 people okay I think 4 or five, yeah, 4 or 5 people were nominated and so James Corden was in my category mm. um, amongst um, D Storm uh, Miles um, another guy I forgot his name but a lot of people were in my category and um we just had to campaign, and so it was at the point to where now we're now to next round is when we have to be um, we're, we're choosing who's gonna be, to be the winner, and so you know unfortunately I didn't win that James Corden won, but it was still an honor to just be in that whole process, mm -hmm. and so I don't feel like I'm not I feel like I still am a winner just by simple fact that I was nominated and forever be an Emmy nominated actor. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely it was just um, a great experience, a whirlwind. 
fun time, stressful at times, but definitely a true honor. Let me explain something to you, brother. You're a winner just by taking the matters into your own hands, by chasing your dreams when yeah. you could have got a job and helped somebody else chase their dreams. Right. So you're a winner like that. So just keep that, you know what I'm saying, motivation Absolutely. going because you're going to be great. Trust me. I wouldn't have you on the show <laughs> if, I if I thought otherwise. Appreciate it. But yeah, but I know sometimes it could be stressful in Hollywood when opportunities pass you by because of the the bigger name, right. you know, like James Colden, he has a show, you know, it's syndicated CBS and all right, that stuff. Right. So, you know, he th that could kind of steer votes, you know yeah. what I'm saying, versus you, you know, not saying you're not a big name, but he's right. a little bit bigger. He's a little bit bigger. He's a lot bigger. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, he's, world, he's worldwide. <laughs> now, do you, think, do you think that part of it, it's, I don't want to say stressful to you, but it's not fair for someone like you? I mean, I just think that what if you're gonna if you want to be the best you got to go up against the best right so for me it's it's yeah it's a stiff competition because he is worldwide known all the way all around but you hope that your work speaks for itself mm -hmm. and people look past that so all for me it's like that just means that i now have to broaden my horizon to where people do outside do know who i am and you know and so that is it is a, maybe a fair competition but i just feel like it's still the voters uh, decision like it's not like you know he did anything different than I did at the simple fact that he he did the work that he's done to mm -hmm. get to where he's at right so there's no different from the work that I did to get to where I'm at right and so I, I feel like it's it's fair competition because we're both we're both competing in the same field is he known more than me absolutely mm -hmm. that's just what is just what is life what it is it's it's a you can't you can't pick and choose who you go up against. Right. You just have to deal with what you're you're you're, you're dealt, and you make the best of it. And right. so the simple fact to even lose to him, you know, it's not a bad thing because people know who he is. People like, oh, okay, yeah, you're in the category with him. So the simple fact you're in good company. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not bad, bitter. I'm not upset. Like at first, of, um, I definitely it, it it hit me in a way, but it allowed me to know that I was grown up and I can accept it because I wasn't like mad. I was a little disappointed, but mm -hmm. I was just like, hey, that's life. It does, it's not the end of the world. It's mm -hmm. not going to stop me from my destiny. Mm -hmm. And it's bigger than the enemy. You know, my, my thing is to show people that you can do anything you put your mind to. Because that's what my mom always told me. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And I show kids that you can invest in yourself. You can write something. You can create something. And you can also be Emmy nominated off of something that you created. You just got to put in the time and the work. Right. And that was that was a bigger lesson than winning the Emmy. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it would have been great to win, but there was a lesson in the lesson. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot fueling me for the next year and the next year to keep going and to, to never stop. Right, right. All that is just straight motivation that you just said, bro. Just the, the fact that he's the bigger name, yeah. that's more, that motivates me, even you say, because I, I want to be that bigger name, right. so I got to put in the work, just like you said. And you took it, the lesson from it, you know, which is good. Some people, the glass is half empty, so now they're like, they're like Cuba Gooding in um, Boys in the Hood when he was swinging at the air and all that right. stuff. Remember that part, right. Brian? Yeah, 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 so you don't want to be like that, all bitter right. and stuff. So that right. that's great, man. I'm glad to hear that, man. I'm glad it was a humbling experience for you and um, um, so, so what was the, the 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 feedback you were getting from you know from personally, not just from the voters in the uh, Emmy any Emmy category, but the people? Man, people loved the web series. They thought it was a great idea, something brand new, fresh that hadn't been done before. And so, for me, that's always important to do something that hasn't been done before, because a lot of times you'll see things being rebooted, recreated. Re you know, and it's just like we have new ideas, we have fresh talent let's let's make it happen and so the simple fact that i was able to utilize my friends 
in this project is, you know, it was an amazing thing. And so the feedback was just like, man, like when's when's the next episode coming out? When is it like so people want more? Mm. And so it was just a simple fact that it was something that I came up with. It worked. People loved it. Mm. And that's important for me. It's like, you know, you want to do something that's good, that people love, and people want more of. Mm. Now, when you, you told me earlier about um, you had to campaign for it, so it's so you had to get people outside of the committee, the Emmy committee, mm-hmm. to vote on it, or just them? Yeah, because what it is is the Television Academy members vote for you. Only uh, fellow um, actors and casting directors can vote for um, my peer group, which is performer peer group. Right. So I had to therefore campaign to you know the the other actors, casting directors. Almost like I ran it like I did a, a with a political campaign. Mm, so what you was know? your strategy as far as campaigning? I got shirts made. I had did social media. I had uh, car decals that I rode around with on my car. Um, I, I just took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, ex- I'm gonna. It's gonna be exciting to see next year how what people are doing and what what they take from what I was able to do and, and utilize that in their own campaign. But for me, it's always about. Promote yourself. Like how how can you expect people to know who you are to want to support you if they don't know who you are? Exactly. So you have to promote yourself, and you know constantly people would see that the the um, this Eddie Murphy role is mine at yours, and then you know they would want to know what it's about, and then now it's the Emmy nominated. So it's like it just went on and on and on, and so I think it definitely opened a lot of doors, and people were like, man, this guy really took matters to his own hands. He did it. He did it with class, mm-hmm. and that's important for me. It's like to do it with class. And to do it with integrity to where it's like I'm not out here trying to trying to sell wolf tickets. I'm actually just selling you pure work. Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, it's always people, like you said earlier, trying to ride somebody else's coattails or trying to be somebody else other than themselves because right. they think this is the end thing and this is what you got to do to get in. But it's like you stand out more when you be yourself because nobody else is you. Right. You know, so I definitely feel you on that. So, um... <clears throat> So tell me, how'd you get into uh, producing? Because I speak to a lot of producers, and they all tell me something different in right. regards to their role. Like some, it's all they just put up the money. Some actually wrote the film. Right. You know. So what do you, what what is your role as a producer? My role as a producer is more, more so like whether I wrote it or not. Like it's it's from beginning to end. Sometimes like I'll do, um, work on getting cast. You know, the cast a part of it. I hope maybe you know get financing for it or just kind of pretty much. Do the day to days, making sure that everything comes together. Whether it's a DP, whether it's a director that's needed, whatever is needed for the project to help it come together to formulate it into the next stages of it. That's what I do as a producer. And so what I've done is really maintain for me is wrote it. That's something I wrote. I made the calls about location. I got the casting. Like I did everything from from writing it to maybe maybe funding it myself and and to getting it done and then edit it like. That's what I've done on the end of my on my side of producing, mm-hmm. and so what I like to do is just make sure that I bring people together, and you know if somebody has a talent over here, I'll bring them over here, and that's me producing something even bigger, and it's just something that I feel like I'm good at. I always tell people I feel like I'm a better producer than I am an actor, just because I know how to formulate things, put, bring people together, and make people make it happen. Like a lot of my friends tell me, like, man. Like you're a dope producer, and like like I see that that being the your big thing, you know. And so I take that because I can see I know when something's good. I mm-hmm. see I know talent when I see it. I know when we have something that can be even bigger. And so I'm always thinking in the sense of not just thinking as a consumer, but thinking how does this relate to 
what can can happen as far as well, how's it going to do with revenue? As mm-hmm. you see a lot of things, I'm always looking at like horror films where you don't have to spend a lot for horror films because there's there's an audience for it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it doesn't even have to be good, but it's just like you give the audience what they want, people what they want. They're gonna mm-hmm. keep going after it, but you give them. Sometimes you can give them something new and then see. But it, why not feed people already what they want mm-hmm. and, and and just make it something brand new in a sense to where it's different. It's not the same. Yeah. And I think that's just me as a producer, just thinking, always thinking like, how can I give people what they want, but also satisfy me and what I want to do, and making sure I'm telling the stories that I want to tell. Yeah, I hear you on that, man. That's more difficult when it comes <laughs> to music, man. Cause like, it seems like it's easier with acting. I mean, uh, making a movie, right. you know what I'm saying? Because it's like you can still present it in its category. Like, if it's a horror, you present it as horror. You might throw something different in it and make it uh, unique. Right. But you know, you can still present it easier. As far as music, it's like you know, you trying to be different but still be you. It's like and still please the crowd and the masses with what they already like to hear is like very very (laughs) difficult but you know it's i love it you know so i still do it but um but you know that's what's up man so tell me you know um it sounds like you've had a lot of success but tell me about some of the the hardships you had to deal with the sacrifices you had to make to even chase this dream because even with me like i had to leave my whole life in florida i built a life over there for 12 years and decided to take a jump. I had a right. sales background, did sales for 10 years, and I was just like, I'm making money, but I'm not happy. Right. I gotta figure it out. And I just took a leap to California, and it was right. the best decision I've Absolutely. ever made. You know, but I left my family, my friends behind, but they all understood, right. you know. And then, I, again, you know, starting off as an actor, it's a million and one actors in here, so it's like, you don't get those opportunities quick, mm-hmm. so you're right. going through up and down, bills still gotta get paid, you Absolutely. gotta do what you gotta do, Uber, Lyft, you know, all that. Right. So, you know, tell me about some of those, uh, those hardships you had to go through to make it where you are today? Uh, I mean, definitely a lot of sacrifice, man. Like, even, you know, on the simple fact that I went through something in my career where I didn't think that would have happened that far in my career would have been more in the beginning. But uh, I want to say four five years ago, um, I, I thought I, it was a situation that was supposed to, you know, work out where it was I was writing on a show. I was actually a, a series regular, going to be a series regular show and also producing. And so pretty much I had the opportunity to do all that. And then I'm like, okay, but I had a job. And so I had to make a decision where I couldn't really do both. So I, therefore, was going to leave my job. But what happened, I ended up going part-time. But um, the, 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 but the opportunity ended up falling apart. It, like, it never happened. Mm. Um, and, you know, the person wasn't... Um, he wasn't honest about the situation and it, we, he didn't have money that was said to have. And so I brought all these people involved in this project and I looked like, you know, the, the idiot in it. And so for me, I was broken because I put a lot of energy into this show, into this project and it didn't happen. And now I don't have the job to go back to in the sense of my hours that I had where I'm working 30, 36 to 40 hours a week. Now I'm not guaranteed any hours. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I went through a hardship in that point was like, man, like, what, how am I going to live? How am I going to eat? But God made it work. He worked it out to where I was able to, you know, start, I got, I was in my job and I had, I did Uber for some, some time and just to, to make ends meet and do what I need to do. And I was just able to get through it. Like I had to pay, um, my rent with my credit card. I was, you know, I had to get loans in order to pay and to live off of. And so it was just a whole lot of situations that I had to go through in that time period just, just to get through it. I had to be, um, 
uh, what's the word? I had to proactive. Not not proactive, but I had to I had to be clever and and come up with ways to where I didn't have to go and borrow money from people and mm-hmm. owe people. Mm-hmm. I had to like say take out loans so I can live off and pay pay bills and all that stuff. And so I did that, and I was able to get through that time, man. And it just allowed me to know like I'm never gonna step out like that unless it's God really telling me because I didn't consult God mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes you need wisdom and you have to seek wisdom and making sure that it's the right moves it may look good but it's like get that first check first and I saw a lot of things that was happening but I was just so happy with this opportunity and I didn't I was blinded by the the, the signs that were in front of me and that's why I don't get too excited about things and too it's it's I'm I'm even on set I'm even the paperwork is signed I see the the money's in the bank or whatever like I I'm at the point where nothing I'm gonna say nothing surprises me but I'm just at a point to where I have to see it in order to believe it mm-hmm. and in a sense of whether it's somebody say hey I I got this opportunity for you okay I see the paperwork let's see the check like it's it's not sealed until it's sealed in mm-hmm. a sense and so for me it's just that was a Eye opener, and I and I learned a lot in that, and so that pushed me to know that I could produce my own show, mm-hmm. I could produce my own projects, and that pushed me even harder as a producer. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that maybe I had to go through in order to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so had I not done that, had I not gone through that, I don't know if I would have done this this web series. I don't know if I would have done a sitcom that I you know produced and wrote, wrote myself. I don't know if I would have done that mm-hmm. because I didn't know what I was capable of. But that moment in that those situations where I'm in charge of all these people, mm-hmm. even A-list actors, I was they I was I was shown that I could do it. And mm-hmm. people saw it and like, man, like you're really good as an actor. You're like a producer. Like you kept this all together and only people were doing the project because of me. Mm-hmm. So it just showed me it showed me a lot that I was capable of doing that I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was. So it I mean definitely it it broke me, but it also shaped me into the person I am right now. That's what's up, man. Yeah, sometimes that happens, man. Like even like I told you how I came here to do music and ended up in acting and now falling into directing and filming commercials. It's like God is showing me he's leading me in the right direction, but it's crazy, it's not what I wanted to do right. initially. Right. But I'm still meeting the people I wanted to meet and being in the places I wanted to be. Right doing the things that he set forth in front of me and it's like I didn't even know I was capable of this until I thought outside the box yeah. so I definitely uh, feel you on that man where, where you originally from? D.C. D.C.? Yeah. Oh wow how was it in D.C. coming up? It was good man I, I lived in D.C. and then I um, I went over I moved to Maryland went, then I went overseas when I was about eight years old for like four and a half years mm-hmm. sorry, sorry I went overseas for eight and a half years and, um, that was because of family? Or yeah, my mom was in a, a gov- uh, government, and so I went over there for about eight and a half years of my life, man, and just had a great experience, and, you know, that shaped me as well. It allowed me to think outside the box and not just be in the black community, but also be able to interact with different races, different nationalities, and um, I still keep in contact with those friends now, man. It's just, I was in Pakistan and Turkey, and it just eye-opener, like, just allowed me to know how blessed I really was in America. Yeah, I think people need those humbling experiences, man. Some people get caught up in what they got going on and sometimes act more spoiled or, yeah, pretty much spoiled with what they have and they're not grateful for it. But when they see how people live in other places, you be like, wow, we're, we're really fortunate right. just to even be alive. You know what I'm saying? Especially places like Pakistan. I mean, yeah. I can't believe you live there. Like, yeah. damn. How was that? It was great. Like you said, it was great, man. Um, I learned, learned the language a little bit. I learned the culture and, and just... 
like I said, it just opened my eyes as a young man, like a young kid, like to think that how great we have it in America, and you know, we come to there with you know, we deal with poverty, and you know, different things that they deal with over there, and it's just like, hmm, it just allowed me to be more appreciative. So where were you at before you came to California overseas and then California? No, I was in uh, Maryland. I lived, I lived in Maryland and then I came out here. I came out of California oh five. Um, then I went back, regrouped um, around oh six. I got a job, transferred out here, and then kind of planted my feet in like to out here in oh seven. Mm -hmm. Just just to you know go go head in. What was the first opportunity you got when you came to LA? Um, I got I was I booked the um, role on Everybody Hates Chris. Okay. I was supposed to meet with an agent um, who's possibly going to sign me. And so before I was supposed to meet with her, she's like, I know we're supposed to meet, but I got you on audition already for everybody's Chris. I'm like, dang, this is a go-getter. I ain't even, we haven't even signed the contract yet, but she's already like. That's what's up. I'm about to fire my agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. And that was, because I gave myself a month. To, I said, I'm going to give myself a month to, to be in L.A. And if nothing happens, I'll go back home. And within three weeks. That's when I got the about the, the, the agent and then the audition happened. And so I booked the, that and that became a recurring role. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the role that I auditioned for. It was the main bully. But they liked me and they knew my work and so they created a role for me. So I would play different characters every you know, every episode that I was in. Mm -hmm. And it was a very expensive work with Chris Rock and Ali, uh, Leroy and all, all those great people, T yeah, Tashina Arno, Terry yeah. Crews and so I look, we we all keep in contact, and I I talk to see them every now and then out and about, and it's just love, mm -hmm. love, man. So I'm excited, it's just you know, an honor to be a part of that project, and it's still showing um, syndication now, and you know, it's like I had the wire when I came out here, and it was like I gotta utilize that. The people loved it, mm -hmm. loved the wire, so it's just like I was able to utilize that experience that I that I you know had on the wire, and then come to LA because. I'm in Maryland, man. Like we don't get shows like that on at all, and so for us to have that there mm -hmm. and be able to take that and come to California and, and and capitalize off it was amazing. So the okay, so the role you got here wasn't your first role. No. Okay, so the first role was the Wire. The first big role was the Wire. Okay. Yeah. Cause they they shot it in Baltimore. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So how did you find out about that and then go with the process of uh, booking that? <laughs> well, I actually, um, I think I don't know if I submitted something before at one point, and they kept calling me as an extra, and I'm like, man, I don't want to be no extra. I want to be on the show, <laughs> like that was, that was my favorite show. So I'm like, yeah. we get on the show. I ain't trying to be no passerby. Right. So they kept hitting me up, and like the third time, I was like. All right, maybe this guy tested me. I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it. I did it, met Wood Harris. I just was doing my networking thing, even though we were supposed to be over here. They, you know, so I was just doing networking. I was just watching. I was just watching everything. And I just was like, okay, taking it all in. Mm -hmm. So then second season came, and I started getting a chance to actually audition. Mm -hmm. Third season, like after like the 15th time, like the, I finally booked the role of Bernard on the third season. Mm -hmm. And I remember going in for the callback, and the cast director, Pat Moran, was like, just do exactly what you did last time. Got you. And so I went in there for the producers and everything, and they called me like that day or so. And I was at work, and they was like, "You booked the role." And I was like, "Oh, I was just, just screaming." I, was, people, I quit. Right? <laughs> nah, nah, I was gonna do that. People uh, thought I had won a lot of those. It was crazy, yeah. but it was just like it was such a hit show. I would tell people that I was on it, so every week they looking for me. Like, man, you see, you was on. You're not on it. I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. So I just exactly. stopped telling people. And then when they they found us in my episode, they was like, man, why you ain't tell me? I was like, cause I'm tired of telling people I'm on it, and they don't believe me. And then you waiting for the episode. You don't because you don't know when the episode yeah, coming exactly. come up. So it was it was dope, man. That's cool as hell, man. So, so you use a lot of your, your those clips for your reel yeah. that got you that everybody hates Chris, right? Well, no, nah, it was the everybody hates Chris was just audition, you know. Oh, okay. But now it's like you use that as body of work that you have. 
um, on your reel. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. That's a, that's a great story, man. Actually, I'm, now I'm actually gonna look back on the wire and see if I see you. Yeah. You know, so do you happen to know what episode? Cause I ain't trying to um, see anything. I'm in episode. I'm in season. Three? Three episode, man. We're not it's coming. Been that long, right? Episode seven, six, but but I mean, you the episode that season's really good. But it's pretty much my character's Bernard and I, the guy getting his cell phones. I'm working for Stringer, Stringer Bell Stringer and, Bell. and, and um, Avon Barksdale's uh, character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a great show, man. It's, it's you'll get hooked, and it's it's like there it, without the wire, there would be no shows that you see now that you're hooked on. Um, so it definitely birthed a lot of shows. Was that life that they uh, showed on the wire accurate with Absolutely. the light and life in uh, Baltimore? Yeah, it was re- it was a real story. Like a lot of those characters were based on on real people, um, mm. because the the producers were one was a reporter, one was a cop. So like those like actually the real people actually came to set, and and the the people who were portraying them got a chance to meet them. So mm. there really is an Omar Little. There you know all these people. So it is definitely you know great when you're able to tell an authentic story, but still have compassion in how you're telling it to where, you know, it helped clean up Baltimore a little bit. And um, it was real for people that, that, that lived there. And some people didn't watch it because they like, I live it. So mm-hmm. the abandoned buildings, the crack, the cocaine, all that stuff was real life. Mm-hmm. Now, I hear you, man. Same here, because I grew up in the South Bronx, and mm-hmm. it was like a lot of violence, drugs, and all that, but it was something in me that knew that I didn't want this, you right, know what I'm saying, right. like, I, this was just my circumstance, but it was, I knew something out there was bigger for Absolutely. me, you know, and I'm sure you felt the same Absolutely. way, obviously, because you're here, you know, so I feel you on that, man, so, uh, you're a married man, correct? Yes. Yeah, how long you been married? Married going on, uh, three years, in yeah? November. Congratulations, yeah. man, I'm going on three years, too, because okay. I'm married, though, okay. just hey. together, you yes, know what I'm saying, living it. as married, right. you know, that's what we put on <laughs> applications and stuff but no that's what's up man so how'd you guys meet we met um it's a funny story we met several times we we met one time um at a, we were auditioning for a role that she was in the play and i was auditioning as in one of the other characters don't remember her mm-hmm. um on this and then i went saw uh another time probably through a mutual friend but the time we really met <laughs> officially was at a uh, friend's going away party mm. and i was just saw her man and i was like something about her and so I was like, I went all in. I, like, I never did that before. And I called the wrong name three times. Oh. And, like, just just was going in. It was crazy, man. You're lucky she still stuck around after right. that. Right. And so, you know, she said she didn't feel come and give her number. I was like, well, just put in my phone. She like, the same thing. And so I was just really persistent about getting her number, man. And, um, you know, she walked away full of shit. I'll be right back. And so I was like, when I saw her walking back, I'm like, let me go finish. Take care of this. And so I asked for her number. She like, let me put it in. I want you to put the wrong number in. And the rest was history, man. And I, um, you know, proposed to her five times. I, like the, the, the first month, I knew that you know I wanted to marry her. Had a ring. I knew that she wasn't ready. But I, you know, I proposed. Told her just how serious I am. Um, proposed about five times before she finally said yes. It was on my birthday. So wait a minute. So when you proposed the first four times, she said no. Yeah. So. But was, she still stuck with you. So I was like, man, this is this is this is hard. Like, I, you know, nobody, man, like to say here no. That's how life is sometimes. You hear no, but you got to keep going until you find that yes. Right. And, you know, you have to win somebody over. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was just like my persistence. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the girl at the end of the day, and that's what it's about sometimes in life. You just got to be persistent. You got to continue to show a person how much you're willing to go for them, how hard you're willing to go for them. And mm-hmm. so um, it's like, yeah, man, like, 
here we are. Do you think that helps you in, in, in this business, you know, as far as being in a committed relationship or is it difficult? You know, because we're in the nightlife sometimes with these events and right. these females and stuff like that, you know. So does it help you maintain your focus being in a committed relationship? Absolutely. Because I know for me when I was single, I, I wasn't as focused as I am when I'm with when I'm in a relationship or I'm with somebody because you're you're more so focused on let me go plan this date let me go be with this person that person and you're like you're losing focus on your hustle and yeah, what, what you're trying to do and yeah and so I just was like eh I don't like I don't like this 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 person that I am because I'm my focus was just off and so um, I definitely when I'm in a relationship it's it's a lot more focus I can focus on what I need to do but then also have somebody to to ride with you know mm -hmm. and so with us both being in the industry I think we're just able to balance each other off. And, you know, because typically you don't try to be with somebody that's in the industry, but then it kind of helps sometimes because that person understands what, you, what you're doing. So you don't have to be like, oh, man, this person just don't understand. Because it's sometimes it's hard being with an actor because and, you know all these ups and downs. You may be on a show today, off tomorrow, and it's just all these uncertainties. And so a person who's, who, who doesn't know the business... It's gonna it's gonna be new to them and they don't know if they can handle it because sometimes it's even hard for two actors to be in the relationship together. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot and so you just have to get through it. And I think it, it, it can make things easier. Um, but you also have to understand what it is that you're both seeking, um, in your careers and what it is you want. And I know for me it's always like I'm all about creating opportunities for myself and others. Mm -hmm. And it's just not me as an actor, it's me as a businessman, it's me as this overall brand. I got you, man. Now, same here, man. I actually, um, my girl, she's uh, she's in the medical field, okay. you know. She's so so she's like complete opposite <laughs> from acting, you know. So I, I feel you on on the point when you made that they might not understand certain yeah. moves you make to yeah. get to your goal, you know. what I'm saying right. whether it's attending multiple events or networking with people, you know, staying out late, whatever, you know. What I'm saying it might cause conflict because. They don't understand. They're just looking at you as a man, right. as a whole, and what their vision of a husband or a boyfriend should be doing. Yeah. So you kind of got to further elaborate, and sometimes that doesn't even work. But, you know, if, if, if this is the person that's meant for you, right. it's going to stick. So that's what's up, man. How, and how she's doing as a, in her career as an actress? She's doing good, man. She just, you know, knocked, did a movie with uh, Jeffrey Wright. That's one of my Netflix. favorite actors right Yeah, there. that's her, one of her favorite He's actors, a too. Peace, boy. Uh, yeah, called Day and a Night, Day and a Night, um, A Day and a Night. Mm -hmm. um, so they wrapped that up, and yeah, man, just she's auditioning and, you know, working on some stuff that, you know, we also have a book um, that we did, a children's book, Adventures of Jimmy the Fly. So oh, yeah? On Amazon. Awesome, man. What yeah. was that about? Um, it's, it's pretty much about um, a fly, him and his friends, they decide to play an epic game of hide-go-seek, and he decides to hide in a... Um, Baggage claim, a bag or luggage compartment, and he gets hit in the head with a suitcase, and it gets knocked out unconscious. Wakes up, has amnesia, doesn't know where he's at, where he where he lives, and so he's trying to find his way to, to get back home, and with the help of his new friends. Mm, so yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, so how did it work uh, putting that book together? I mean, you had to obviously contact the publisher, right? right. Well, well, we still published it. Well, what happened was it, it was an idea I had. Many years ago, as a as a cartoon, mm -hmm. and so when my wife got together, I presented it to her, and she really loved the idea. We was gonna p push it as a cartoon, and then one day she woke up. She said, "Why don't we do it as a book first? That way we get uh, um, uh, you know build an audience and build a fan base, and then we can kind of turn into a cartoon from there." So we started you know doing doing it. I, we met with a, uh, a illustrator, or talked to an illustrator, told him what our vision was, and mm -hmm. I sent him the pictures that I already had. 
and the rest went from there and she started creating it and then we um, went through Amazon and, and, and made out, got our own book made. Mm. And so it was like we're so published and we just continued to push it and you know people love it. They're waiting for the next um, book. So it's like we got to you know, finish that and, and knock it out. So when does the cartoon come out? Well, we don't know. We gotta, you know, sit down and try to, you know, pitch it to a, a network and see who who bites on it. And so mm-hmm. we're deciding if we want to do another, uh, uh, do the book first and then try to go at it. But um, yeah, we we definitely gonna see what options are out there. That's what's up, man. I'm glad you guys are creating as a team, you know, and you kind of joining forces right. to kind of build the whole empire. Yeah. You know, and that that's good, man. Any uh, any any children? Not, I have three boys of on from a previous uh, marriage, mm-hmm. um, twenty fifteen and ten. So mm-hmm. we don't have any kids together, uh, but you know, maybe in the f- definitely in the future. Maybe in the future, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that's what's up, man. I'm glad to hear that, brother. So um, you mentioned earlier, you know, off camera mm-hmm. about an exclusive. Yes. You know? So uh, why don't you share that, man? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, um. Yeah. I was. I was blessed to. Um, have booked a, the, a role in a, a docu docu a series called uh, Price of Fame, and mm-hmm. the episodes about Eddie Murphy. So I booked the role per- to portray Eddie Murphy in um in the in the, the docu drama, and it all came about through a mutual friend of uh, a friend of mine who was also in um the the Emmy Emmy consideration or well, Emmy um he's a fellow Emmy nominee Miles, mm-hmm. um, and he contacted me about uh, someone he knew. That um, they were looking to to have someone to play Eddie Murphy and want to know if I'd be interested since I did the web series, mm-hmm. and so he sent me the information, sent in my uh, contact to the producer, the producer sent me the the um, sides, mm-hmm. I did a self tape audition, submitted it, and then found out found out that I um, actually booked the role, and so I, we shoot in Texas, and I'm excited just to definitely you know get to work and portray portray that and try to bring a great story to life. Yeah, man. I I hope I book it too, man. I I saw the the email for um it said Eddie Murphy um Price of Fame, but I didn't click on it because I was in the gym. Right. But I'm gonna see what they're talking about and see what role I can fit in. Hopefully, right. I see you out there also. Yeah, yeah. But that's great, man. I love the fact that how it just manifested for you with the role you didn't get. Then you took matters into your own hands, did your own web right. series in regards to Eddie Murphy, and that sparked an even bigger situation yeah. where now you booked the whole uh, role as Eddie Murphy, right. which you didn't get in the beginning, but you got right. now. And it's, it's God, just like, it's God, man. It's just manifestation. People put matters into your own hands. Please don't let anybody tell you no. You do that yourself. Absolutely. Do it yourself, man. I'm telling you. It's going to work, man. But that's what's up, man. But you sound pretty religious, man. You sound like that you have a lot of faith in God, you yes. know. And you obviously, uh, is that because of your mom? You know, she was very yeah. into religious? Yeah, absolutely. My mom, and you know, kept me in the church. And, you know, I was always around the youth. The youth in, in my church, we had a you know, youth ministry. And so they were very um, involved with us. And it just allowed me, I think, for me, it was always... Um, I didn't know, like, me being Christian, if I'm going to be able to have fun and do the things I want to do. But I think, you know, with me seeing Kurt Franklin and seeing how fun he made being a Christian was and how, you know, kipping young he was, mm-hmm. that, that opened up doors for me. It's like, oh, okay, I can still have fun and praise God and all these other things. And so that opened a door for me to where it's like I want, was really, really ready to give my life to God. And so definitely it's just been, he's been my backbone and everything, man, just getting me through the rough times and, um, just just crazy stuff like you know like so god has definitely been the forefront of my life 
Um, he's allowed me to get through, you know, the, the so you know, death of my father who committed suicide. I'm sorry. And, that, yeah, man. man. And so it allowed me to utilize that situation to help other people and talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for us to speak about mental health issues. And, you know, if you feel like someone is going through something, really help get them help or really talk it, talk, talk them through it, whatever it may be. Whether it's a little science. And for me, there was no science for me. Um, and that's the, the part that, that bothers me because me and my father talked all the time. I didn't know everything he was going through. So we just got to be comfortable as men to share our feelings with our other, other, uh, other men and other people in our lives so that we know when to step in and really help. But if we don't know that the person needs help, then we can't do it. So it definitely was an opening for me. And it definitely was like, I, I if I have opportunity to help somebody, I'm going to step up and do that because... I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Yeah, communication is definitely key, man. I'm telling you, bro. I'm sorry that happened to you. That yeah. that, that kind of sucks, man. How old were you when that happened? It was like, it happened like four or five years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. I was like, well, you guys, you guys were very close. Yeah, very close. Yeah. Huh? Um, one second. Oh, sorry. Hey, bro, that's how you doing? Screening review. Right. It's all good. Nah, it's all right. No problem. But yeah, nah, man. That's crazy, man. So, um... And your your mother and father were separated at the yeah, time. Yeah, they they were um yeah they weren't together at the time. They had got divorced, but then they got back together. But then you know they ended up breaking up again. They didn't, uh, so they weren't together when this happened. Um, mm. And the, and and do you think that that caused some like depression for him and stuff like that? Not being with his family and all well, that yeah, stuff? I mean it was that and, you know, and then the death of my grandparents and so it's just you know he had, combination right yeah he had just got a DUI the night before and so he was a truck driver so he fear of losing his job and so it was that and then it was just financial situations all at once so it was just a lot he was dealing with um and you know i just never thought he would go that route but that's how it is in life you mean you think that you um will never do something or go go through something but you will and sometimes you just have to know when you need help and say when you need help um and that's important because we deal with depression a lot Mm -hmm. You know, it, it comes without even, you know, you know, and you're like, man, why am I feeling down? And you just have to continue to, to get yourself out of that hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But if there's anything you could tell your father right now, what would that be? And pretty much that I, I, I love him and that, you know, I know that I made him proud. And, you know, the simple fact that when he passed, a lot of everybody that knew him, you know, was just like all he talked about was you, you, and you, and how proud he was of you. So that was um, just comforting to me. And I know that he is my angel mm -hmm. uh, up in heaven, you know, protecting me, keeping me safe. So um, just that, that, definitely that I love him um, and will continue to live out his legacy. There you go, man. What do you see yourself in the next five years, brother? The next five years, man, I see myself... Um, Definitely producing a lot of uh, projects and being able to hire, hire and um, give people jobs. Mm. And also just really truly making a difference in the world, speaking across the world um, to the youth, mm -hmm. to um, just people, just helping to motivate them. I think that we go through a lot of things in life and we still need to be inspired. We still mm -hmm. need, we need to be uplifted and um, not so caught up in the things we can't change, but the things we can change. Gotcha. Now that was more career-wise. What career-wise? What about your personal life in the next five years? Next five years. Um, I I would just say. Me 
the per I mean the personal is the same thing. Just make a difference in the world. Like just continue to make a difference and impact um, outside of entertainment. But just really fulfill the things that I want to do in life, and um, definitely build, continue to build the legacy. Mm -hmm. um, no, I meant more like you know, like family, homeowner, you know. Yeah, I mean, I de like yeah, I definitely would love to have a home, lovely own a home. Um, I mean, hopefully, have a daughter by then. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just I'm a simple guy, man. I just, I mean, I just take one day at a time. As you said, and you know, I, I I know we have these five year plans and everything, but for me, I'm like, let me do a month plan, let me do a year plan, let me do small in increments because who's saying that mm -hmm. I'm gonna live to see five years? So I want to try to fulfill as much as I can in a short period of time, if mm -hmm. I can, mm -hmm. you know, without shaking shortcuts, of course, but it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, okay, five years, I'm going to be here, like, I'm going to go from this, this, this month to the end of the year, and then go from there, and see how we do the six-month plan, and then we go to another, just so it's, it's real, it's more realistic for me, in a sense of like, let's, let's have these, these goals, and let's make sure we, we, we stay on track, because mm -hmm. if time to time, you be like, well, in five years, and people are like, well, I got five years to get there, no, I don't want. I don't want to have that mentality. I want to be like, no, I got a year to get there. I got six months to get there. So, yeah, it sounds like you want to push yourself to go harder yes. in a short amount of time because you get a lot more done. So I, I definitely respect that. I respect that. Well, I mean, that's 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 awesome, bro. I mean, I kind of don't even have more questions. I feel like we went through your whole story. You know what I'm saying? And um, I just want to say thank you for doing the show. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on the opportunity you have. I'm sure it's going to do nothing but create even more opportunities. Continue to create. You know, don't get discouraged about anything. You know what I'm saying? And just continue to inspire with your work. Because, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? Like, even when I looked at your... The, the this Eddie Murphy role is mine, not yours. It just motivated me to keep on writing my script because right. I'm writing my script and I, I want to put it out there. I want to get nominated for Emmy yeah. and to see a young brother like you, you know, pursuing those goals and actually achieving those goals is just like, it just makes it more possible for right. a person like me right. to be done. I mean, to get it done, you know. So, um, once again, thank you, thank my you, brother. I appreciate you. you for coming, man. Yes. I look forward to working with you as acting on music. You know, we'll figure it out. But thank you for tuning in for another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, Melvin Jackson Jr. And we out of here. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. And where can the people follow you? MelvinJacksonJr.com, Melvin Jackson Jr. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Melvin Jackson Jr. The brand. Bam! <laughs>